Hello, I'm Steve Roush with Capital City Law. And I'm Jen Wolf with Wolf Legal. We welcome you to our uh, overview podcast of estate planning. Um, before we get into that, we'd like to introduce ourselves. So um, I am an estate planning attorney based in Boise, Idaho, have my own practice, have since 2009. Before that, I had the opportunity to work in as a partner in a law firm um, where I got to mentor but under an estate planning attorney that had years and years of experience in estate planning. What I found is estate planning has been a very enjoyable area of the law where I get to help people solve their problems, which is kind of rare in the legal world. Usually, as attorneys, we're picking problems up after the fact. I also have a family. I'm married, and I have um, actually six children. I have four adult children and two two younger ones, and really love what I do. I enjoy being an attorney, and I love working with people and families and helping them to be able to structure their estate so they're going to set their family up for success and not failure. And I have been here in Boise for a number of years. I also have an estate planning practice, Wolf Legal. Before that, I worked in Houston for over a decade as a litigator. And Steve often comments that that gives me a unique perspective on estate planning because I think I'm always eyes open for the risk. I'm always trying to determine how do we mitigate the risk and help set people up um, with a plan that will give them peace of mind and protect their families, protect their assets, and most importantly, if if they still have minor children, make sure that their children are, are well cared for. This is an area that's important to me. I have two young boys, six and four, and so I love working with families and just providing the education so that they know why are we making these certain estate planning decisions? Why can't I just go and try and fill out a form on LegalZoom and do it myself? You know, Why is it important for me to come in and talk to someone like you or talk to someone like Steve. And so we are really thankful for this opportunity to get to share with you via this podcast. We want this to be interactive. And so as the episodes go on, if you have questions related to estate planning, you know, please drop us a line and let us know. But our goal and our our vision for this is to have a brief overview today, which just gives the 10,000 foot overview of estate planning, and then to get into the weeds a little bit more as the episodes go on, talking about specific topics and sharing some of our own experiences, some of the experiences that we've seen our clients go through, and really making sure that this is something that you feel confident on so that you can move into your own estate planning with a little bit more clarity. Yes. And when we start talking about estate planning, estate planning is really revolves around what do we do with your stuff? What do and we, with your kids. And with your kids, yeah, especially with minors, right? We, we have to decide who's going to be those guardians that are going to take care of them. Property transfers, really that's what we're talking about. We're talking about how do we transfer your property? How do we get it from you as a deceased person to who you want it to go to? down to your spouse, down to your children, grandchildren. And there's really three, four main ways of doing it, right? If you choose to do no planning, then you would pass your estate through what we call intestacy or intestate succession. And actually, Steve, you know, this is one of the most common ways that estates get passed. Statistics, you know, we can make them work whichever way we want. But the common (laughs) statistic that I've read is somewhere between 60 to 65 percent of American adults have done zero estate planning. And we joke that this is the ostrich approach. 
Right. Stick your head in the sand. You know, you don't need to worry about it. You don't want to deal with your own mortality. And so you just don't do anything. But um, always I find when I talk to clients that lingering in the back of their mind, this is this is an aspect that's there. And so they are very unsettled, but then they just try to ignore it and, and continue to do nothing. And, yep. Continue, continue on with life. But with intestacy, there's default provisions that are going to happen. It's just a it's statutory scheme that has passed over many, many years. It often ends up with unintended consequences and and, and things that you probably don't want to have happen. And so if you really want to take control, then there, the other way of, of passing your estate, other ways of passing your estate, start with doing a will or a last will and testament. And under that will, it really serves two main purposes. So the first purpose is in Idaho, the will is where we nominate guardians for minor children. So that's the number one purpose for families for having a will in place. And the number two purpose for having a will in place is a will is where where you get to designate what will happen to your assets. And we're going to get into wills a little bit more on one of our future episodes. We'll talk about how wills intersect with community property. Idaho is a community property state, and that actually provides a bit of confusion for some folks. So we'll talk about how your will intersects with community property. But the overarching theme is that if you create a will or if you pass away intestate, your estate will go through probate. So Steve, walk us through that probate process a little bit more. Yeah, so probate is a judicial proceeding. It's usually in a court. You have a probate judge um, that is going to oversee that. The probate can generally be either informal or formal probate, depending on you know whether people are contesting or not. Most of them are informal. Probate is a... It, it, as an administrative proceeding, it takes time. And it's usually six months, bare minimum, to usually up to a year. It can take longer if it needs to, but that's usually the time frame. Probate just has a number of things that have to happen um, under the statute. Basically, you have some timelines that you have to meet of giving notice to certain people, heirs and what we call heirs and devisees, also giving notice to creditors. And so that process is the, the purpose behind it is to walk through, make sure all the bases are covered, all the obligations, debt obligations are satisfied, and that anybody who may have a reason to want to object has the opportunity to object. The goal is then to get those assets out of the deceased person's name and passed down to the heirs listed in the will. And so it is the the most basic type of planning that you that you take control of and do. And so the next area of planning that we talk about is trust-based planning. And there are numerous types of trusts. Typically, when we're talking about this, we're talking about a revocable living trust. And with a revocable living trust, you or you and your spouse serve three different functions. You are the grantor of your trust, meaning you're forming it. You are the trustee of your trust, meaning you're managing it. And you are the beneficiary of your trust, meaning you still benefit from all of your assets. And we'll get into all of the nuances of trust planning in a future episode. But Right now, think of the trust as a contract that you're forming with yourself or a contract that you're forming with your spouse that discusses how you're holding your assets and how you will distribute your assets when you pass away. And a trust takes that administrative function that happens during probate where title is cleared and does it now during your lifetime. So you retitle your assets into the trust and that down the road allows a future trustee to be able to distribute those assets 
per your plans without the need for that probate proceeding. Absolutely. And, and like Jen alluded to, we will have separate podcasts that goes into depth into what is a trust? Why is it important? How does it work? And and all the different specific features of a trust, because a trust is, it's really what you make it. And and so it can, it can be a very basic document to a very complex document. And so we'll get into that in another in another episode of our podcast. Really the the next type of planning that goes into play and I think this is one where where most people maybe don't even see it as estate planning because they don't think about it that way is when you um, choose to set up a life insurance policy, or you set up a retirement account of some kind, a 401k or an IRA or a Roth IRA. With those accounts, there are beneficiary designations that you need to to prepare and fill out and, and tell the custodian of those accounts who you want to receive those assets if you were to pass away. Well, that is a, as a type of estate planning. And when we go through that process, it's important to designate who you would want to receive those assets if you pass away. But a good reminder here is that that is a contract. And because you've created it during your life, it is going to trump everything else that you've done prior to that. If you've done a will and you've designated certain instructions in that will, your beneficiary designation instruction on your on those accounts are going to trump whatever you've said in your will. Same thing if, if you have a trust. It's going to trump because it is a contract that you created, and it's a contract between you and the custodian of that account. And that custodian is just going to follow those contract instructions and distribute it to where you've told them to. And so the reason that that is important and the reason that if you meet with an estate planning attorney, they will help walk through your different assets and your different accounts with you is because we just want to make sure that we line up all of your various annuities, life insurance policies, retirement accounts, such that your beneficiary designations are flowing with the rest of your planning and aren't contradicting it in some way that gives unintended consequences. Yeah. And, and you know, that's one of the biggest things that we see, especially in the estate litigation world is challenge of beneficiary designations is quite common because things happen. People forget that they've named certain people and then all of a sudden somebody passes away and somebody else says, well, wait a minute, I thought I was the named person. And so we end up with these, these court challenges. And so um, it's just important that you review those periodically. You make sure that you've covered those and tie them into whatever your other estate plan is. Jen, there's also other documents that come along with estate plans. What are those documents? So we've been focused on what happens to your assets when you pass away. But a very, very important aspect of estate planning is thinking about who is in charge of your assets or your minor children or your business affairs or your health care if you are living but become incapacitated. And so when we talk about incapacity, we mean you are unable to make your own decisions and you are unable to handle your own affairs. And so if you have a power of attorney or a healthcare power of attorney, those are very powerful documents that allow someone else to step into your shoes and act as your agent and help make those decisions for you. And so the power of attorney allows someone to step in and pay your taxes, handle your bank accounts, handle your bills, buy and sell property if needed, and allows them to make what we refer to as business decisions on your behalf. And a healthcare power of attorney would allow someone to step in and make medical decisions on your behalf if you're unable to do so. And this really just allows you to have a plan in place for if you're still living, so therefore your will or your trust wouldn't necessarily kick in, but you do need someone else to step in and make those decisions for you. And it's very common that when we're dealing with somebody who is 
starting to lose capacity, especially memory, Jen. We see that quite a bit where we get clients that are getting up there in age and they're starting to have memory issues. Power of attorney documents become some of the most important documents that you have because it gives you the ability to pass that off to somebody that can start to make those decisions for you when you start to have those type of capacity issues. Exactly. And there's another really important document that we like to talk about. And Steve, can you explain a little bit more to us what a living will is and why that's such a confusing term? Yeah. So it's actually, uh, it's a terrible term. I wish the, the legislature or the legislatures in the United States wouldn't use that because we get clients that come in oftentimes and they're talking to us and they say, well, we need to put a living will in place. And what they really mean is a last will and testament. But a living will is actually an advanced medical directive. Um, and in Idaho, it is the document where you get to determine how you're going to be cared for really in two situations. If you are in a persistent vegetative state, you've had an accident or something's happened and your the brain activity is no longer there. The other situation is if your death has been declared imminent and the only thing really keeping you alive is artificial life support, then you've made some decisions as to how you would you would be cared for. And, and those generally fall into three big categories. Either you, your state connected to all measures, uh, keep you alive as long as possible, or you remove some of that life support but continue to give you food, water, or both, or you've just chosen to just have everything removed and allow you to pass away naturally. So that gives you the ability to make those decisions, which takes the burden off of the person that you've put in charge, which is your healthcare power of attorney, to have to make those decisions. So it becomes a very important document and one that we highly encourage that that people make sure that they have in place. And we will be getting into these topics in future episodes. We're going to talk to you a little bit more about what is a last will and testament? What is a revocable living trust? What does it mean that Idaho is a community property state? What does it mean to have estate planning if you're a millennial or don't really feel like you have very many assets? And, and why is it still important? And um, what happens if you are part of a blended family or are thinking about remarriage? How does that impact your estate planning? So we have a lot of content that we're excited to share with you coming up, but we are always open for additional topics, additional things that you'd like to hear from us. And so we will continue to keep those lines open. You can drop us an email or reach out to us in order to share your thoughts as we progress. 